Wonderful. Well, we're on the subject of this is war at the moment. And we're talking about the whole area of prayer. We really are at war, you know. And um, uh, ignore it all you want, but recognizing it will help you live a happier life. Yeah. And uh, that's really what I want to talk about today. And so my main passage of scripture, if we could bring up the Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, if you've got a Bible, you can turn to it, but it's going to come up on the wall behind you. And that's going to be kind of the main text for this morning. And I'll share with you a bit. And uh, hopefully if we get time, we're going to open up the altar. I like saying that, the altar. I wonder how, how often it's been called the altar in this place. But it is, it's sanctified. Wherever God's presence is becomes holy. Amen. So um, a cinema doesn't change us. We change cinemas. Get your theology the right way around. You'll live wonderfully. And um, so, all right, we're going to do it like that. Okay, everybody, crick neck. And uh, uh, yeah, I think I'll take a few steps back because I'll I'll read read that. So as I get to the end, unless I pause and say something, just flick to the next one. Can we thank, I think it's wisdom back there today. Thank wisdom for... You're fantastic. We appreciate you. So this is Ephesians 6, and it starts at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Straight instruction, right? Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Pause. The devil has schemes. Deny it. Ignore it. Pretend just human things are going on in your life if you want. But the devil has schemes. Listen, the more significant you are, the more those schemes will come at you. Right? Uh, Who wants to live a significant life? Right? So we've got to learn to fight the war. And here's the wonder of who Jesus is. Win the war with Jesus. Amen. That's what it's all about. So he has schemes, but we will win. We've read the end of the book. We win anyway. Even if we lose the odd round, we win the fight. So that's great, isn't it? For our struggle... Pause. It's a struggle. Anybody ever had a struggle? Wave at me if you're in a struggle right now. Good. That means you're living a good life. If you've got no struggle, you're irrelevant. (laughs) Go and get popcorn. We don't come and come and join the struggle, right? It's a struggle, our struggle, but it's not against each other. It's not your employer. It's definitely not your pastor. Okay, <laughs> for those of you wondering, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against there's rulers out there, there's authorities, there's powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I mean, he gives us several versions of baddies there, right? There's plenty going on and these guys are scheming against the church, scheming against you, uh, but with God, we win the victory, amen? Okay, next verse. Uh, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, pause, the day of evil will come. You've probably had a few already, but you've not given it the tag. You know what? That was a day. That was a season, an era of evil. It's like the devil was unleashed. Jesus went through it. The Holy Spirit came on him. You'd think he would go straight into ministry. Instead, he went into an era of evil. And then after the third time he spoke to the devil, he said, he should have said it the first time really, but I suppose he knew what he was doing. So there's a secret in there. He said, away from me. And it, then it says the devil left. Yeah. Until another season, it says. Yes, that's right. So God will allow times when you seem to get encroached and attacked and stuff yeah. goes on. But don't worry, it's a fight that's growing you, okay? 
And so you walk with God, you'll be absolutely fine. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to still be standing. That's how I interpret that. We're still here. Tweeted every January the 1st. I'm still here. Shove off Satan. Next verse. Uh, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Keep going. I'm just going to read through the armor real quick because I'm not concentrating on that today. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Next verse. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all. Everybody say all. All. Faith works on all fiery arrows, okay? All of them. All of them. Say faith Faith. is my shield. shield. Therefore, Therefore, I believe. I I trust my daddy. And I'm protected. Amen. Actually, all the flaming arrows of the evil one in those evil days. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, finally. And pray in the spirit on all occasions. How many occasions? All, all occasions. With all kinds. You go into that classroom, pray in the spirit. Yeah. As you go into that interview, pray in the spirit. When you're having that meal with friends, pray in the yeah. spirit, okay? Yeah. With all, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, stand at the front of the classroom here. I'm here to teach you geography. Harabashin. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be quite that loud. You can just, you know, under your breath and in your head and all that with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert because the kingdom of God needs alerts. Uh, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Yes, that's right. Pray for each other, it works, yes. right? Okay, so there's my background scripture. We are at war in a struggle. And the more significant you get, the more of a war you'll be in. Okay? I was talking to Ian Christensen about our walk as a church these last five years. And and I I said, we've had some very difficult times more, more recently in the last 18 months or so. And he says, well, it's obvious, isn't it? You start filling city halls, you start seeing waves of miracles for seasons come through. You start to do missions around the world. Everywhere I go now, without fail, people walk up and say, listen to you on the radio every night. I think I cure insomnia because one of the programs is on at midnight, you know. So (laughs) these ladies came up and said, I go to bed with you every night. And you think that's bad. It's even worse when the men say it, you know what I mean? Uh, Because it's one of our teaching programs. Prisoners listening every day in prisons, writing, say, we we listen to you every day. All around the world, stuff's going on. People people healed. Um, The stuff that's going on in Colombia. Do you know Chris Shaw is running about three churches in the Philippines right now? I mean, Revive Church Philippines is happening, right? Uh, you start to fill major halls. You start to see the city centre filled with, with 15, 16-year-olds taking crutches and, and yeah. running aids, walking aids off people and hearing aids coming out and all this kind of stuff. Listen, the devil notices you. Yeah. Here's what I want to share with you for part, for the part of this morning is this. The prayer life of this church in 2005 is not strong enough for 2015. Because uh, I like boxing. Sorry, everybody that think that's a terrible example. But I let, sorry, Sandra. Sorry, hi. But I do. I like boxing, and uh, you get some really great boxers like like Manny Pacquiao. He went through about eight weights as a world champion, which means he started at one weight but kept getting bigger and bigger. There's always a thing when you get bigger. There's usually only a few pounds between the weights, but every time you get bigger, when they hit you because you're against someone bigger, it's harder. 
So when you were, uh, you might get from somewhere in the lightweights up to somewhere in the lower middleweight. So you might get from middleweight, maybe as far as heavyweight. You wouldn't do the whole thing. You'd be, you'd be a very strange human being to ever get through all of them. But you can move, say, about eight weights, and, uh, which is a lot, actually. He's a remarkable guy. But listen, this is what they say. When you've been in with a little guy and suddenly you go in with a big guy, the first time they hit you, you discover, I'm in with something bigger. It's the same spiritually, new levels, new devils, new kinds of schemes, new kinds of attack, new things coming against you individually and as a church. Uh, And I want us to realize today, we need to keep growing in the processes of God in prayer because we're going up through the weights and whereas a, a, a flyweight problem would hit us and we go, well, it's nothing. We parried it, we moved on. Listen, every now and then there's a heavyweight hit and it will shake you to your boots if you're not growing in God. Because we're growing as a church, significance is increasing. Uh, we must expect that we have to grow in God with not just upwardly, but down in our foundation. Not just upwardly, but broader in the sense of who we are. We need to, if I was a boxer, I'd say we need more protein. We need to get in the gym. We need to put on some weight. And we need to, as boxers would say, take bigger power into the bigger weights. Because things uh, can be difficult. But let me tell you, if we carry on growing in prayer and growing in God, then we can carry on winning victories with Him. Amen? We're growing in significance. Things are increasing. Um, We're now on the enemy's radar. Right? So we need to be growing in our prayer lives. Listen, not just corporately, but as a family of individuals, we need to be growing in our prayer lives. Um, Because stuff's going on. I hope you pray for, for, for me, but stuff goes on like I have never known. In recent times, why? Because the devil notices. But I know when some of you pray for me, when you, te- you feel the difference in the atmosphere, conflicts lift and atmospheres change and difficult people become easy when you pray. That's why it says pray for each other. It makes it, you change atmospheres when you pray. So we must start realizing we are at war. Take the war seriously. Take your prayer seriously because where we're going is we want to plant many campuses. We want to reach out into other nations. We want to see uh, auditoriums all over this land filled again and again. But let me tell you, there's a very real war going on. I was in Grimsby yesterday. Grimsby, wonderful. And I was there with, uh, with John Conrath and Sute. Sute's doing a concert over there in October. So I went over, Sute was singing last night. And John Conrath's been there for about four days doing an event. They've seen some wonderful stuff. And John was telling me, this happened yesterday in Grimsby. Okay, say yesterday. yesterday. Happened yesterday in Grimsby. John Conrath went onto, onto the streets in the afternoon, went up to a group of, of, of hooligans and said, can I talk to you about Jesus? And they were making fun of him and all this kind of stuff. So he then says, well, he tells them a testament of what happened the night before. He says there was a lady there with, with a cataract in her eyes. Her cataract's all cleared up. She was blind. Now she can see. And they're like, wow. So this one guy says, I'm deaf in one ear. Will you, would Jesus heal my ear? And John goes, yeah, of course he'll hear your ear. So he reaches out, puts his hand near his ear, says, in Jesus' name, be opened. And the guy's ear opens. His eyes are like saucers. Wow. Then the group of guys around, one of them, now you might find this a bit freaky, but welcome to church. It's all the, it's the kind of stuff we're talking about. He said, then one of the lads, his eyes rolled into the back of his head and this voice came out of his mouth that said, this is our street, get off our street. 
And John reached out his hand, didn't touch the lad and said, in Jesus' name, be quiet. And the lad shot back against the wall and fell to the ground and the other lads ran away. Now listen, there's a very real war that you touch things in the spirit and there will be an outbreak against you because the enemy wants to hold territory. And so you bring a church into a new territory. You, you have a church in a city like Hull, things go on. If you think demons don't exist, go reread your Bible. Very real spiritual things go on. And some things will be saying, this is my territory. You're not coming here. And listen, we've got to realize the schemes of the enemy and learn to pray. Because there's significance on this church. And so we need to carry our prayer weight up into the heavyweight division. Amen. And so this is why we're doing this month. We're kind of stirring all of that up. So, um, but here's the problem. Anybody ever get weary in prayer? Bored in prayer, uninspired. You know, you lose your edge. And actually, it's a work of the enemy to steal your prayer life. If he can discourage your prayer life, he doesn't mind you coming to church as long as you can be weak. So that you're constantly ragged and weary and distraught and stressed and uh, all kinds of things irritate you. He's happy to have you. Go sing all the songs you want if you stay weak. And the thing is, if you've ever known your prayer life to be discouraged out of you, so you become a shell of your former self, Listen, if you're going to go through the weights with God and last, you've got to keep growing in prayer. You've got to recapture the prayer ground. Amen. So I'm going to share something with you and, and see if you can follow me on this journey. Is that okay? Yeah. Hopefully take me about 20 minutes and then we're going to just worship and pray together. Turn, if you would, to the book of Matthew. I'm not going to start off in prayer, but we'll end up, we'll end up in the subject of prayer. Hopefully, I'm, I'm going to start by reading you the, the scariest scripture for charismatics in the whole Bible. Is that all right? Let's turn to the person next. You say, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Tell, go the other side. Say, you can make it. You can make, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Okay. Um, Matthew chapter 7. And let's see. Can I, I think it's one of the ones I gave for the screen. Matthew 7 and verse uh, 21 to 23. And I'll, I'll read it up yeah. of here. You ready for the scariest one for a charismatic church? Yeah. You ready? Mm-hmm. Now, everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, in other words, sing the songs, yeah. cried at the altar call, yeah. will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Yeah. All right, go to the next verse. Many, say many. Say many, Many. say lots, Lots. many will say to me on that day, he's talking about the day of judgment, many people who said, Lord, Lord, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Last terrifying verse, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. But we prophesied, but we healed, but we drove out demons. I never knew you. Many, not right day of judgment, billions before him. It's not like I'm going to pick three people out of the crowd who kind of played with the charismatic thing, but really didn't know my father's will and know my father. He's saying many. There'll be a scooped out load that sang the songs and cried at the altar calls, but he'll say away from me. Isn't that a scary scripture? 
Turn to the person next to you, so, oh dear. <laughs> Go to the other side, say, is it me? <laughs> I mean, this is hefty stuff, right? Yeah. But we're the kind of church that... that we don't just do Ephesians and Psalms 23. We do the tough verses, yeah. right? Because I want you to know truth. And I want you to be able to handle truth. Uh, because you need the peer pressure of the Bible to make sure that you're not living a pseudo-Christianity, but real Christianity. So many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied, we heal, we cast out demons. And he'll say, away from me, evildoers, many of them. I never knew you. Wow, that's incredible. So I'm reading this verse this week in part of my, my prayer thing. I've been meditating on, the, on, on these sort of verses cheerfully. And I'm like, oh, Lord, that's heavy. I'd never, it's the word many that got me. Many. I'm like, whoa, many, he'll say, away from me, evildoer. Wow. Evildoer, no, we prophesied. Evildoer, no, we were praying for the sick and healing them. Evildoer, no, we're casting out demons. And he calls them evildoers. So there's, there's something that's more than just power, you know, prophecy and healing and saying, Lord, Lord. There's something deeper. I'm saying, God, what is it? It's saying, those who do the will of my Father. That's what I'm, that's what I'm after. So then as the Bible, always put the Bible in a context, right? You pick out verses, you'll terrify yourself without knowing why. You always got to get the context and what's going on. So I love the fact that it's not the end of what he says. He says, therefore, so it's continuing. It's verse 24, Matthew 8, 24, 7, 24, sorry. You'll recognize it as I carry on. So we're coming to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So it's, what, it's, it's one of the longest written sermons that we have in one piece. And near the end of it, he's, he's, he's capping it off, number one, by saying this. It's not enough to prophesy and heal and say, Lord, Lord, you've got to do the will of my Father in heaven. Right? Yeah. And then he's saying, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You know where I'm going now? Yeah. So a wise man builds his house on the rock. It's the rock of doing the will of God will make you stable. So he's saying, it's not enough to say, Lord, Lord, and prophesy and heal the sick. You've got to do the will of my father. And he's saying, doing the will of my father puts your life on a rock. So when storms come, you'll be fine. Other people who don't do the will, they just hear the message. They'll be like building on sand. Their house is going to crash. Okay, so very similar. But here's a wonderful thing. It's right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Because here's my thing. Well, I want to know what the will of my father is. So he doesn't say to me, so I've not been playing with prophecy and healing, but actually missing the will of my father. Okay. And it's right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So he's saying, it's not a standalone scripture. He's saying, everything I've just been telling you, do that and this won't happen to you. Do the Sermon on the Mount. That's the will of my father. Don't just prophesy and heal the sick, but do the will of my father. And when you get to the end, he'll go, well done, good and faithful servant. It wasn't just Lord, Lord, pray, heal. It was, it was deeper than that. I have to know the will of my father. So then I started to slightly be encouraged. Well, okay, I've got a clue as to the will of my father. I've got all of the, the sermon on the mount. Do you want to work through it? Let me, let me just say it to you. And you can meditate on the sermon on the mount this week. So it starts with the beatitude. Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm just pulling out phrases here. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. Blessed are you, uh, it goes on really, uh, uh, be salty, be salt, be light. He's saying your righteousness should exceed that of the Pharisees. And I'm reading through this going, this is, this is still quite heavy. He's saying it's not just murder, but don't even hate. He's saying it's not just don't, don't commit adultery, but don't even lust. He's saying, uh, don't make oaths. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just do what you say and say what you do. He's saying, don't seek revenge. It's not eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. He's saying, love your enemies. He's saying, give to the needy. He's saying, pray fast. He's saying, don't be materialistic, but store treasure in heaven. Are you with me? I'm going through it. He's saying, don't worry. And I'm getting to about this point in this. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Something dawns on me. God, this is your will of who I should be and what I should be like. It's getting right into the root of my character. There's no power stuff in this. It's love and humility and meekness. Then another thing dawned on me. God, because I surrendered to you and asked you to work in my life, I think actually you are working this in me. See, when Jesus gives a command, he also releases power to do that. That's what grace is. It's not just do it. When he tells you to do something, he's releasing the power to do it. So I'm like, I'm reading it going, well, God, I got to be honest. I, I haven't invited it in, but you've made me pretty poor in spirit at times in the last couple of years. We've mourned. You've pulled meekness out of me. You've made me hunger for you. You've made me be merciful to people I didn't want to be merciful to. You've made me love my enemies. How? I said, Lord, I want to be loving. So you give me enemies to love. Uh, don't worry, so you give me stuff to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, and work through the issues of worry inside me. That diagnosis that comes up, now you're panicking. Come on, you ever been there? You start to pray in tongues like you didn't before. Suddenly you're opening your Bible like never before. You're praying, you're agreeing with your, with your husband, your wife, you're praying over stuff and, and, you know, and you're working stuff through and you've been through the panic and you've been through the sleepless nights and now you're coming out the side and you, you feel like you're just getting it under control and then, right, I've dealt with the Mori and what, whatever happens, God is in control and he's my healer and he's for me, not against me. And then it comes back, no, nothing's wrong with you. What was that all about? I was teaching you not to worry. Ever been there? Yes. God, make me more loving. Oh, God, that boss in work. <laughs> Teach me patience. Oh, God, my connect group leader. I could, couldn't be any of our connect group leaders, of course. I. Do you know what I'm saying? God is working this in you. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm reading this through. Don't be materialistic. And this is the will of God that you should become like Christ. Yeah. And he's working it in you. It's not enough just to say, Lord, Lord. But what we need to be doing is, God, will you work the beatitude into me? Yeah. Now you're mad to pray this on one level. He's going to make you humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to work in you meekness. Yeah. 
When you want revenge, he's going to teach you not to judge. He's going to, he's going to work all that judgmentalism out of you. And scriptures came to mind like Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. I'm doing so. I'm working the beatitude into you. I'm working loving character into you. I'm, I'm doing it. Scriptures like Philippians 2.13. He works in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So he is working the Sermon on the Mount into you if you're genuine. Let me tell you, if he's not, worry. Do get on your knees and say, God, begin to work this in me. Yep. I love Romans 8 verse, oh, we got right for up there, Romans 8 verse 29, I think it is. Is it up there? Ah, oh, you're doing great. For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Listen, the word conformed there in the Amplified is molded. God's molding you into the image of Christ. If you felt pressure, anybody felt pressure? The thumb of God saying, be more loving. Don't wanna be. Well, there's another enemy then to work it into you. <laughs> be more patient. Let, let, I'll bring, let these irritations come your way. Stop worrying. There, there's another thing to worry about. Let's work through it. Come on, I'm going to get you praying. And he's molding you like clay. I'm going to make you like Christ. That's the purpose of your life. He's predestined you. I'm going to make you like Jesus. He's doing in Ezekiel 2, verses 1 to 2. I, that's how I put it. In Ezekiel 2, verses 1 to 2, God said to Ezekiel, stand up. Then the Spirit came and stood him up. In other words, God's saying, be meek. And I'm going to make you meek. And I'm going to bring things into your world that make you meek and kind and patient and loving to enemies. I'm going to make you like Jesus and I'm going to work on you through the days of your life until you are at the point where you can hang on a cross and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I, that's what you bought into here. Yeah. It's not a, some kind of jamboree to sing some songs and heal a few people and say, Lord, Lord, I'm going to make you like Jesus. That's the commitment of God. So when you stand before him, he'll say, I knew you. You're just like my son. You're Jesus' twin brother, aren't you? I know you. Look at the love. Look at the patience. Look at the lack of judgmentalism. Look at the giving to the poor. Look at the lack of worry. You've got your faith line, life in line. I've been working in it. For decades, I've been working in you, molding you like clay. I'll stop you worrying. I'll get you to be loving. I'll make you hunger and thirst for righteousness. And so things come in like that narrow way that there again at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. It's a narrow way and I'll bring you through to a place where you're going to be just like Jesus if you've surrendered to him, whether you like it or not, he's going to keep bringing circumstance and influences and things into your way. He's going to put you in with a bigger boxer, then a bigger boxer, then a bigger boxer, until you come out a heavyweight Jesus in Christ. Amen? That's what he's going to do. So now I'm reading this going, well, I'm encouraged, God, because you've been putting me through the Sermon on the Mount. For about five years, I can feel it. You've been molding this miserable clay, getting the laziness and the judgmentalism and the, and the irritation and the lack of love and the pride out of me. Anybody else? Working on me, saying, I'm going to mold you. Just like God molded Adam, he's still molding your nature and your character to make you like Jesus. So that when you stand before him, he says, I know you. So now here's the prayer secret. Right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches them how to pray. Yeah. Yeah. God is going to make a prayer 
out of you. Whether you like it or not, if you've surrendered to him, you might spend 30 years folding your arms saying, I'm not a morning person. Let me tell you, by the end of your life, you'll be up at six praying. He'll keep putting you with heavyweights and heavyweights and heavyweights until you learn. I, I, it's nothing to do with I'm a morning person or not. It's whether I'm a soldier or not. I'm going to make a prayer just like Jesus. Right in the middle, Matthew 6. He says, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father in secret. He's got, listen, here's what I want to let you in on. That's what God's trying to do in you and you'll feel miserable till you give in. I think I've just cheered up the whole congregation now. Just like he's going to work loving you and he'll keep sending you enemies until you're loving. He's going to work prayer in you and he'll keep sending you pressure till you learn to pray like a heavyweight. Because he's going to make you pray like Jesus. Disappearing up mountains, little retreats, times. So listen, give in sooner rather than later. It's how to win the war. Learn to pray a bit and meditate and read your Bible and study your Bible and just look at stuff and, and, and seek God because God is like that Ezekiel 47, that great irresistible river. There comes a point in God. You can mess about in the shallow ends when you're a new Christian, but there comes a point when he's untamable, uncrossable, untraversable. Give in to him. And he's saying, listen, let me show you the will of my my father, I want you to pray yeah. and never give up. That's a scripture. Yeah. I'm going to make a prayer of you and you're going to feel guilty until you give in. That's really cheered you up. <laughs> this is why we can't get away from these core things and we'll remain weak until we get them. Learn to pray in tongues for a bit. Learn to listen to God, get a pad and a pen and write stuff down. And listen, as life goes on and the river gets deeper and our enemies get bigger, unless you cooperate, you start to feel weaker and weaker and weaker. He made you to pray. There is a river urging you into the prayer closet. Listen, if you're genuine with him that you cannot resist, he will make you pray like Jesus. He will mold you until you pray like Jesus. Until you say, I've got to have a bit of time with God. I love Dean Christensen talking about his daughter when she was 12 and being bullied in school. And, you know, he, he tried the whole teacher route and all that kind of stuff and nothing seemed to be happening. So in the end, he said, come on, I'm going to teach you to pray. 12 years old. Say 12 years old. 12 years old. He said, I'm going to teach you how to pray for an hour, sweetie. Wow, an hour. 12 years old. So he said, how do you pray for that? Easy. You pray in tongues for 20 minutes. Then you pray through the Our Father for 20 minutes and he taught her how to pray through the Our Father. You begin worshiping your Father, recognizing he's in heaven. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's what I want today in school. She would be saying, I don't want to be bullied. I want your kingdom to come. I want to be a peacemaker. I want peace to be in school. Uh, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. So Lord, I forgive the bullies and she's working through all of that. Deliver us from the evil one. Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And she's working through for 20 minutes, the Our Father. Then read your Bible for 20 minutes and suddenly this 12-year-old was praying for an hour. And as Ian shared, the bullies became her best friends and protected her. Listen, prayer works. Listen to me carefully. This is war, right? What gets right under your skin when you're not in prayer bounces off you when you are. What shakes your weak when you're not in prayer doesn't even touch you when you're in prayer. 
Maybe an hour is too much for you if you haven't quite got the stamina of a 12-year-old. Maybe you need to, you know, maybe do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and 10 minutes. Or even if you're a baby Christian, do five minutes, five minutes, and five minutes. But I guarantee if you go into your room and shut the door and say, I'm going to pray in tongues, I'm going to learn to pray like Jesus. So when I stand before him, he says, I know you. See, right in the prayer that he taught, he said, first thing you've got to do, close your door and then say, our father. In other words, I'm knowing you now. I don't want the outward, Lord, Lord, in the meeting, healing. Our father. So I'm part of a community saying, my daddy in heaven, hallowed be your name. Listen, your kingdom come, your will be done. The ones who know his father's will in heaven. Where do you get the will? Right in the middle there. In the prayer closet, you get the will of God. So that when you meet him face to face, he'll say, hasn't that been quite a journey? We've walked, we've prayed, you've listened. And you might go, but, but prayer's a bit boring. Doesn't matter. I'm, I don't know about you, I'm not after a goosebump anymore. I just want to stand up and I want to pray over my son every morning. And I want to bless my working day. And I want to pray over my finances. I want to pray protection over Vicky. I want to pray protection over the staff and many of you leaders. I, I, I just want to, it's nothing to do with the goosebumps. I just want to stand there and say, God bless Chris as he goes on mission to Slovakia. Not a single goosebump in sight, but I'm saying protect him. Set your might around about him. Be with Leslie as she's left alone uh, over here. Well, probably have a house full of boys and, and Anna. But anyway, but Lord God, just bless him. Let your riches rest on him. Has nothing to do with a goosebump. But when I pray every morning, God bless Zach. He's six years old. Let him grow up like Samuel, hearing your voice as a child. I want him to meet you. Nothing to do with a goosebump. I am setting up atmospheres. I'm taking authority like he told me to do. Not a goosebump in sight. When you pray over your finances every morning, God bless me. God clear this debt. Listen, it starts to shift stuff. And the devil would want to keep you from doing that. The moment you open your mouth and you start to speak to mountains and proclaim things and bless your marriage and bless your health and bless your finances and bless your church, stuff begins to shift all around about you. And the enemy wants to keep that from you. But listen, here's the warning. You want to stand before God at the end of days and him look at you like he's looked at you for decades and say, hi, welcome home, son. Welcome home, son. Welcome home, son. Now, we all got levels and we all got styles. It's not so much about copying. It's not even so much about 60 minutes. But you need to be finding your place in the river and realizing, I'm not going to traverse this pressure from heaven anymore. I'm going to give in to it. Yeah. So all you've got to do is cooperate and he'll make you just like Jesus. Just surrender. I'm going to give in. I'm going to give him a bit of time, and a bit of surrender, and he's going to make me into someone that prays just like Jesus. But all of heaven is moving in that direction. Fight it if you want to. But I don't know about you. I know when my prayer life is not in order, I feel guilty. Because yeah. I know God. Absolutely. I'm not saying, listen, we have busy days. Your head hits the pillow when you go, forgive me, God, I'm knackered. And he says, good night. <laughs> you know. But listen, if you've got time to watch Downton Abbey... You know, we got time to go for curries and we got time to go for coffees and we got time to read our favorite books and watch our favorite TV programs. Then you really do have time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's meant to be a joy. 
But I know it's a bit of a heavy message this morning, but when God gets me heavy, I just, I pass it on. Because <laughs> I, I take this church really seriously. I take you seriously. Your prayer for me counts for a lot. If you don't pray for me, I'm going to struggle. And if I struggle, this church will struggle. If you don't pray for Vicky, I tell you, the attack on pastor's wives, because sometimes the devil can't get too close to the pastor. You know, Aaron and Miriam, it was Miriam that got the leprosy. He had the priestly garments on, didn't touch him. There's something in the anointing that protects you, but you, you need to be praying for us as a family. Because you think it's difficult sometimes when you're in the shaft, you should try being the arrowhead. You know? Ow. <laughs> I suppose that was a picture of reality. God's going to keep molding you. Let's give in. Wherever your prayer life is at, give in to the river of prayer. So that when we get to the end, he'll say, well done. You didn't play Christian games. You knew me. Let's stand together. You knew me, Jesus. Oh, boy. Just close your eyes one moment. Oh, Jesus. God's going to mold you until he makes a prayer of you. What floors you when you're not in prayer doesn't even touch you when you are. It's called the shield of faith. School teacher, I guarantee you spend just 15 minutes in prayer before you go into that school day. Atmospheres will change in that classroom. When we pray, things happen. Be persistent. No such thing as unanswered prayer, only abandoned prayer. We abandon, we abort, we kind of give up. No, keep going. There are miracles to be had. If we ask, seek, knock, that's in the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to make a seeker, someone who knocks. So listen, I just, we got all of 10 minutes this morning. And I want us to make one, one move. And I, I hope we've got the humility in the room to do it. I think we have to say, wherever you're at in prayer, God, I, I'm not going to traverse this river of prayer anymore. I'm going to give in to it. I'm going to give in to the, the pressure of heaven that's molding me to become Christ-like in my prayer life. 